0: All right. Good morning, Four Oaks. Pastor Paul here from the home office at Four Oaks Church. It is, let's look here, Monday morning, October 25th, 8 a.m., bright and early. Glad that you were joining us. For everyone who was at the uh, sunset service last night, glad you guys came. Had a wonderful, wonderful time. And um, hope you can make it the next time we do that. But for this morning, this is called Romans Rewind. And so if you're, if you're fairly new to this, we take 10 to 15 minutes, Monday through Friday, right here um, during the week to unpack a portion of Romans. And what we're doing is running parallel to the preaching series that we're going through in the Book of Romans on Sunday mornings at Four Oaks, Rags to Righteous is the name of that series. And we're taking the time here just to hone in a little bit, pull out different verses, ideas, context, theological concepts, things that, that maybe we've touched on in the sermon, but haven't had um, the time in the service to really delve into them like we would want to. Um, I mean, let's, let's be honest, Romans is the richest of the rich theological books in the Bible. And, you know, men like Martin Lloyd-Jones, when they take 11 years to preach through that book, it's because they're trying to squeeze every ounce of life and word and theology out of it but this is the way we're doing it. So anyway, glad that you were here this past Sunday. We were in Romans 3, 27 through 31. And remember the question that Paul is putting before the Jewish and Gentile Christians in that church. And what he's putting before us is to ask ourselves, what are we boasting in? Because Paul has been laying out the theological um, background of justification all in all of its theological richness and the fact that it's, it's a, one of the greatest blessings that we have as believers. Justification meaning the fact that God has declared us righteous and accepts the righteousness of Christ imputed to our count on our behalf. And now Paul is saying, in light of this amazing doctrine of justification by which you are completely freed from works of the law in terms of earning your salvation, now how shall you live? What are the implications of this amazing truth? And so let's go back to the text. Let's read it. And we're gonna unpack, mainly gonna camp out actually in that first verse here, verse 27 this morning. Then what becomes of our boasting, Paul asks? It It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also, since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. Paul begins verse 27 with a massive assumption and um, he's inspired by the Holy Spirit. So so I think um, he's, he's entitled to do this, but I think he's also correct in what he assumes. Look at verse 27. He says, then what becomes of our boasting? Isn't it interesting, Paul doesn't even debate the idea that you and I boast in things, that we as human beings take pride in certain things, that we derive our confidence and our meaning and our identity from certain things in our lives. He just assumes that, he doesn't even argue the point. It's almost as if he to say, look, I know you're boasting, but let me tell you what I think about the boasting then what becomes of our boasting? Now, now why do we do this? Why why are we all looking to put pride, confidence, um, latch onto something, anything at all uh, that we can find as trustworthy that will elevate us? Now, why do we do this? Well, one is because it's endemic to who we are as sinners, right? Um, Pride was the very first sin of our first parents. They thought they knew better than God the way to abundant life. And, and so this is a built-in mechanism. We we're all born with this sin nature that thinks, quite honestly, that it's number one, that, that we're better than everybody else, that we can do certain things better than everybody else, and that the person that we can lean on and trust on the mo- upon the most is ourselves. So it's part of our sin nature, right, to elevate ourselves to the number one position um, in our lives, to have the whole world evolve around us. But there's a second reason i think this is more of an existential reason and it's that all of us even though we're the center of our universe right um we still um we we know in the back of our minds that there's really nothing that is constant in this life there is no earthly thing that we can put our absolute hope and trust and assurance in Um, but we know we need that something because we look at the brokenness around us, and we look at the brokenness in ourselves, and even though we might be fully trusting in ourselves, we lay in the bed at night and the doubts creep into our mind. We wonder, how long is this going to last? How long am I going to be able to stay afloat? How long will the good times continue to roll for me? And so existentially, it puts us in a place where we're looking for anything, a thread of anything at different points in time that we can hold on to that we can deem at least for a time as trustworthy. Anything that we can come to depend upon more than any other thing in our life. And this is the existential crisis we're constantly living with. Because deep, deep, deep down, even if we don't wanna admit it, um, even for the people who don't know Christ, they know deep down, they simply don't have the security and assurance of this life that they wish they could have had. They're searching for it, they wanna gravitate to it but they know that it's going to be in the end, elusive. And Paul says the reason for this, okay, this elusiveness is because of the way God has intended to save us. So we'll go back to the text for a second. He said, boasting is excluded. And then he says, by what kind of law? Now, when he says law, he's not speaking of the Mosaic law. He's speaking here, he's using the term pneumos, for law to, to signify the idea of principle. So he could also say, by what kind of principle is boasting excluded? By a principle of works? No, he said, but by the principle of faith. So here's what Paul is saying. Paul says, I know you're searching for that ultimate thing to put your hope in. And you think it's yourself, you think it's somebody else, you think it's institutions or traditions or, or any money, reputation, fame, job, all those things that we substitute as idols. And he says, you think that's, you know, that's not going to do it. And the reason it's not going to do it is because God has not intended to save us by a principle of works. In other words, because we're broken, sinful, fallen, of course, it's going to be impossible, right, for us to earn significance, to earn confidence, to win our way to a place of security in our relationship with Christ. This is why Paul says, we exclude boasting not by a principle of works. No, he says, but by the principle of faith. See, it is faith that is inherently other oriented. And And in this place in time, we're talking in this context, God oriented. In other words, we know that we can't depend upon ourselves. We know we can't depend upon the vagaries of life. We know that this life is amiss. We know that it's elusive. We know that we can't trust or earn or work our way into a greater security. And Paul says, that's the way God designed it. Or else you would think that you could save yourself, but we can't. It's by a principle of faith that when we are exercising faith, when we are trusting in God and placing our hope and confidence in him, we are essentially making a declaration that we know we can't save ourselves. We know that this world um, does not offer the ultimate solutions to mankind's problems. That only can come from God. And God sent his son to be broken in a broken world so that we could be put back together again. And it's that faith of saying, God, I know I can't fix myself. I know I can't bring the the sturdy, confident um, favor into my life by my own works. You're going to have to be the one to provide it so that when all other ground is sinking sand, our feet remained planted on the rock of Jesus Christ. And so I think this is what Paul is getting at here. When he he assumes our boasting, because that's who we are, Paul says it's forever excluded. It has no part in God's economy because God has not intended that we be saved or find assurance or find security by a principle of law, but it's always, always, always by the principle of faith. Because law orients to ourselves what we can do, but faith orients to God in terms of what he can do. And so maybe a great follow-up to yesterday's sermon is just to be asking yourself, taking inventory of your own soul and, and asking God to reveal those places to you that you are still living by a law of works. And to ask him for wisdom, what will it mean to entrust this to you, to live once again by the law of faith, trusting in the sovereign God who is Lord of all creation and holds the earth literally, figuratively, spiritually in his hands. All right, so that's where we are today, uh, this Monday morning. We'll be back here Tuesday. We're gonna continue to work through this passage and pick out some themes that we didn't get to on Sunday. But for now, let me pray. Let's commit our week to the Lord. Lord Jesus, here at the beginning of the week, we confess, Lord, apart from you, we can do nothing. We confess, that we oftentimes try to make life work by the by the principle of works. But Lord, you have designed things in such a way that we are only saved by the principle of faith. And Lord, we exercise that faith on you and on your son, Jesus Christ, and it's in his name that we pray, amen. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us.